information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome to Minding My Black Business. Hello, family. Welcome to another episode of the Minding My Black Business podcast. It is I, your host, Dr. Janae Taylor, Dr. T, Nene, it's me. Ooh, it's been some time, right? Mm-hmm. I know. I felt it, too. <laughs> so, to be transparent, there wasn't a thing necessarily that kept me from continuing to put out episodes. I really think I took a hiatus because it was so much stuff happening. So much stuff happening personally, professionally in the world that I needed a time out. My obligations were heavy and I had to streamline some things until I felt like I had the capacity to put something back on my plate. And so, you know, the podcast was one of those things. Um, But I'm here. I have pressed record. Um, And I am, you know, trying out my podcast legs, as they say. You know, um, the other day I actually had uh, a podcast interview with a close friend who has a podcast. And it made it seem less daunting. I don't I don't know if you all have had a, an experience where you were doing something with some frequency and then you stop doing it and then you come back to it or you attempt to and it feels a little intimidating. That's been my experience with this podcast recording. And what do I have to say? What could I possibly share? And... There are tons of things that are going on. It's just a matter of of um, pulling those apart and getting that information to you. Most notably, I have been really hyper-focused on the Minded My Black Business pa- platform. And during COVID even, I've updated the website, Um got a a web development company to do that. I've been getting some mentorship with some other agencies around some things that I could do differently. I've been working on digital resources for you all. I've been building community and and seeing clients. (laughs) Let's not, let's not forget that that has continued to be consistent in that way. So they've been, I've been busy and even some other projects that I can't really talk about right now. It doesn't make sense to talk about it because it's, we're at such a beginning phase that fingers crossed that it gets up off the ground. But I've been here. I've been here attending to the business and attending to this platform in very, very behind-the-scenes ways. One of, the thing I, one of the things I said I was going to do more frequently in 2022 
was to make use of my mailing list. I don't like calling it a newsletter because that feels so stiff or formal. Um, and I don't think of myself as a formal type of gal. Uh, why did I just call myself a gal? Why did I do that? Uh, a formal type of person. <laughs> so I'm going to say mailing list. I have been um, trying to communicate more with those who have subscribed more frequently about the ins and outs of the business. Um, yeah, there's been a new collaboration. I just remembered that. Anyway, um, let me talk to y'all about something that happened a couple of weeks ago. Story time. <laughs> so um, since 2018, let's, let's go with 2018 because time feels like, mm, sometimes time doesn't feel real and that it moves super, super fast. And then sometimes it feels like it's moving super, super slow. But for the sake of this story, let's say 2018, because that feels like that's kind of correct. So in 2018, um, I had the idea of, I wanted to build community, community, not only in a digital space, but in person and locally, regionally. And so um, I held my first Black Therapist Meetup, Hampton Roads Black Therapist Meetup. So for those of you who don't know, I am in Virginia, uh, particularly the Hampton Roads area. And so the Hampton Roads area of Virginia is that southern eastern part of the state that sits at the at the ocean. <laughs> so there's lots of beaches uh, here, hence Virginia Beach and Norfolk and Hampton and um, Chesapeake and Portsmouth and Newport News. Um, there, there's seven cities um, in close proximity to each other. So the Hampton Roads area. So that's what I'm referring to. Um, so during that time, back in 2018, um, I was really focused on community building and held my first Black Therapist Meetup for those Black Therapists in the Hampton Roads area. And it was for therapists wherever they were. So if they were um, in private practice, if they were in a group practice, if they were working at another agency, if they were doing, um, you know, this full-time, part-time as a side hustle, I just wanted to meet other black therapists in the area for a couple of reasons. One is it's really helpful as a referral source, right? So my population in terms of the folks that I work with are black and um but they come with a wide range of presenting issues that they would like to work on. Some of them is a, some of those issues are appropriate for me to address and work with. And some of them are outside of my um, scope of expertise. And so in those moments, it is helpful to um, not only have a name, but sort of know or have a vibe about another therapist that they might work really well with. And so the point of this was so that we could all kind of sit in one room and get to know each other and find out the skills and talents that are in the area and 
um, how we can help, you know, build each other's work, how we can support each other in all these cool ways that may or may not happen in their own agencies. So the first few of them, we decided to do, well, I decided to do them once a quarter mainly because it was a lot of work to do like the recruitment and to do the follow-up of folks. Cause I'm, you know, I am cold calling or cold emailing people that don't know me at all and um, try to get them excited about being in a room with other black therapists. And, um, and so there was a lot to do every few months. And so once a quarter was about all I can handle, particularly for this very strong introvert. <laughs> Although I was enjoy each and every moment, I was I was wore out at the end of these meetups. So in twenty twenty, is that right? When COVID started, y'all was it twenty twenty? Anyway, maybe these things started in twenty nineteen, not twenty eighteen. It does not matter. Okay, so COVID started in twenty twenty. And we actually had uh, a meetup on the books, I think, for March of 2020. And so, um, which would have been in person at this uh, local black restaurant that has fantastic food, Cutlass Grill in Chesapeake. Um, Check them out, y'all. Fantastic food, fantastic people. Anyway, um, so instead of doing it in person, because the world shut, shut down, so let's see if we can transition this to virtual. And so what we have done since March of 2020 is have a monthly virtual meetup um, every month. We've been doing that every month consistently since the start of COVID. And that has led to nothing but great things. There have been folks who have found their accountability partner. There have been collaborations between members Um there have been, uh, I mean, you get a whole cheerleading section when you when you come into um, our community. One of our members um, just defended her dissertation, and su- we were super over the moon, super over the moon. Um, so, what someone proposed last fall was. You know, I'm really enjoying these meetups. Is it possible to transition these to in-person? So we tested the waters by having a holiday party back in December of 2021. And the reason for the holiday party is because if you are in uh, private practice or maybe even group practice, and you are a Black uh, practitioner, these may or may not... Well, first of all, if you're in private practice, you might not be having a holiday party at all, especially if you're a solo practitioner. Who who are you partying with? <laughs> but if you're in a group practice, you might not even feel comfortable um, in, in said holiday party if the other people around you don't have the same vibe as you. I'm going to just use that word. So... This holiday party felt like a good way to provide um, those of us, including myself, who wouldn't ordinarily have a holiday party um, with folks. 
So it's a good way to kind of have a holiday party with people we wanted to be around and to do all of the the funny, quirky holiday things in a very melanated way. And so we went to a Black-owned restaurant, Cobalt Grill in Virginia Beach. Very, very good. And, um, oh, we, we ate. Oh, and we drank. Oh, we had a good time. <laughs> what we did not know, which happened to be another special surprise, is that once a month, there's a jazz band that comes and plays live music. And so we happened to be there on a night that they were doing their um, performance. And that was super fun because uh, they were jamming. And what I learned about the group was a quartet. I can't remember if it was four or five of them. I have the pictures, but I'm not about to scroll into my camera uh, gallery while I'm on recording because you would hear that and it would take me a long time. And I would get distracted because, y'all, I am highly distractible these days. Super distractible. You might have even been able to tell in the course of this recording. <laughs> so back to my story. I'm trying super hard to stay on track. Um, so the band was playing really, uh, it was mostly holiday music, but it had a nice little, you know, little thing thing to it. And so... Um, we got to sit with each other and eat good food and share stories. And you would have thought we all knew each other from way back in the day. Hugs were given. I mean, we had our mask on and that sort of thing. And, you know, um, until it was time to eat and drink. But you would have thought we all went back years the way we kind of greeted each other. But truth is, we were a bunch of strangers who had only known each other in this virtual way. And we're coming together um, in real time. And it felt so supernatural. And um, I was super excited, for sure. So we had a holiday party. It was great. And uh, one of the members said, okay, so now that we've done this, we can never go back to virtual again. We must always <laughs> meet in person. So back to my previous statement is that these in-person things wear me out. I enjoy them, but they also wear me out. So <laughs> what I suggested was maybe a compromise because there's still some of us who are either immunocompromised or taking care of folks who have health conditions. So it doesn't make sense um, to come and do some of these things or it doesn't, it feels more risky to do that. And so they're able to do the virtual things, but the in-person things kind of have them a little uncertain, which I completely understand and respect. So I didn't want to eliminate the virtual option. And that's also super convenient. So um, sometimes people log in, they're still in their office. Sometimes people are in their cars because um, they just left their office. Sometimes people have just gotten into the house and we can literally see them like unlocking their doors. So they are, uh, our virtual moments allow us to be connected and kind of carry on with the business of the day. So I didn't want to throw that out, but we've decided to go back to maybe like kind of a quarterly type of thing. And our most recent outing was a couple of weeks ago. 
Y'all, I said I'll let this tell y'all about what happened a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so one of our members, um, her name is Angela, uh, and she's a she's a fellow therapist who does a lot of couples work and um you know, anytime I hear anybody saying they want to do, they want to go to couples counselor, I immediately think of Angela um, and hope that she has openings. Um, but that's not usually the case because she keeps a full caseload. So Angela is expanding her practice and adding some new services. And one of those services um, is called Equine Assisted Psychotherapy. The, the kind of like the translation of that means that she's going to incorporate animals, specifically horses, in her work. And so the way in which that's going to work is, is she does couples work. But she also has some individuals. But this work will be done with those who are coming with, um, who want to work through their trauma. And she talked about how horses... Um, oh, so let me explain. So what we decided to do is because we learned that Angela and her sister actually have um, have purchased some horses, some rescued some horses and um, from, you know, less than ideal situations and that they were going to use them in their in their work. Um we wanted to see, like Angela showed us pictures and we were excited about that, but we wanted to go visit and she accepted the invitation. So that's what we did at the end of March is we all went to, it's called Pungo, y'all, P-U-N-G-O, Virginia. And we met Angela at the barn and we got to see her horses and she... It really gave us like a, a live workshop about her work and talked about the horses and how they're both prey animals and that they tend to be preyed upon, but also they are herd animals and that they seek companionship um, with other horses. And so she talked about how because they're prey animals, they are very... Um, aware of their environment, um, hypervigilant even, like constantly scanning, looking for safety um, and connection. And she talked about how that those level of skills are very much there for those folks who are um, survivors of trauma and what the work could look like in doing therapy with someone like that. I mean, the I am giving the Cliff Notes version of, of the things she shared, but it just it was amazing. And what I'm saying amazing is that it kind of highlighted something I knew, but it was happening in real time, and that it's not new to hear that there is a stigma in the black community about seeking out counseling services. And to be quite honest, the mental health um, industry, the mental health 
um, yeah, let's say the mental health industry has not placed a priority on the emotional wellness of black folks. It just hasn't. It's not historically known to do that. And it's not really doing that now. What has happened is that you have a group of practitioners, you have black therapists or other therapists who identify as allies for the community who make it a priority within their practice. And they do the work to be trained, to understand some of the historical perspectives of things, to understand how um, racism, classism, misogyny, uh, transphobia, fat phobia, all, so all these things, right? Um, ableism can impact someone's work in therapy. Um, but the other layer to that is that Black therapists are finding ways to use their training and expertise and connect it with cultural experiences. And so what it means to sort of be outside and do the work, what it means to be with animals and do the work, what it means to sit with a black therapist as a black client and do the work that we have found ways to make safe spaces. Um, whether that's pure talk therapy, you're sitting in someone's office or, you know, you're doing the virtual telehealth thing and it's just the two of you, or you're doing something more experiential. Um, so in real time outside, doing things. We are we are finding ways to be creative and, and meet people where they are as best we can. I mean, there are some constraints when it comes to things being covered by insurance and reimbursement rates and um, being able to pray, to pay for the um, the equipment and the materials we need to do the the practice appropriately. So we had a good time with the horses. We um, were able to feed them treats. So we were able to give them um, carrot sticks and starlight pepper bits. Y'all, they took me back to church for some reason. Those starlight pepper bits. Uh, but they enjoyed them. And so you have to lay your hand flat and you can't like cup your hands because then they might. They might bite your hand by accident, but you have to lay your hand flat. And um, so that's an exercise in trust, right? So your girl was out there feeding peppermints. Did I feed any carrots? I don't think I fed any carrots, but I fed all the peppermints. Um, I was super excited that they was eating peppermints. I don't know. Everything was super exciting to me. Um, and then... Uh, they took them out of their stables or out of the barn. And we were able to walk with them. I was about to say walk them. I guess that's correct. Walk with them. Walk alongside them and hold this little harness. I'm, I'm going to get the terminology wrong. Straps. The thing that went around their <laughs> mouth area. Okay. This is, listen, <laughs> turns out I don't know any of the terminology and I'm trying to explain this to you. We got to walk them, y'all. So <laughs> my fault. I should have looked this up. I should have asked Angela before I started recording, but I didn't realize I was going to get myself into this level of detail uh, about this. Um, 
So I was real cool with the with the feeding of the peppermints because they were still in their stables and they, you know, all they had was their little head and neck out, right? So, um, uh, and if I just lay my hand flat, we good, right? So I had mastered that. Then when they took them out the stables, I was like, oh, this is a big animal. One of them was 1,200 pounds or something like that. And they tall. I don't consider myself short. I'm five, five and a half. And you better not leave off the half. And so this horse was tall. <laughs> I mean, I knew that, but I ain't know that. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not around horses all the time. And so in my mind, horses look different. But anyway. They were beautiful, beautiful horses. And um, what I'm saying is there were moments when I had to address my own anxiety. One about not being in control. Uh oh, <laughs> That's a thing for me. That's a thing for me, y'all. One about not being in control, being able to be very present. Um, also... Um, being very aware of all the things that were happening around me. So I needed to focus. And so this required a level of skill for me. Like I really had to, um, you know, kind of work through that thing. And so as I was starting to walk one of the horses, because other people had started walking before me. So, you know, we were taking our turns and Angela and her sister, um, Hope, um, were going with, each of us as, as we would walk them up and down the property and come back. And I was taking pictures of, of folks and um, so excited for them. It just was such a cool energy. And so it was my turn. And I was like, oh, but I've been taking pictures because I didn't know if I wanted to do it. Yeah, I was low-key scared, low-key high-key scared to do it, but I did it. And so me and the horses are walking and we getting a few steps in. Then the horse decide he don't want to walk no more. He stops and starts eating the grass. And then I was like, but you was walking for the other people. <laughs> Why you don't walk for me? You making me look bad. Um, and there was no amount of, um, Angela taught me this uh, mouth sound. I can't do it now um, to get, to capture the horse attention. And, um, no amount of that was getting the horse to move on. He, the horse very much wanted the snack, and there was nothing that I could do. I should have been able to relate to that because your girl likes the snacks. But anyway, so I was able to to walk for a little bit until the horsey um, actually saw his brother So and very much wanted to start stop and commune with his brother and eat some snacks of the, of the grass. So, but it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. So we did that for some time and, um, learn more about their goals for this practice and the ways in which they, um, anticipate its growth, um, and how they even found this area. And it just, it just was so very cool. And, um, oh, I was just like beaming with pride as if I had something to do with this. Um, but the, the atmosphere there was so supportive and 
people were just so curious and so um, invested in Angela's success. We are. We want her to... We want her to be on all of the news channels doing all of the things that she does to promote her her agency and her work because this is such a unique, a very unique um, approach to therapy, particularly in this area and particularly with the black therapist. And so um, it was wonderful. So, of course, after we visited the horses, we went and had brunch <laughs> because that's what you got to do. You got to have brunch. And so we did that um, and took some pictures and then departed. Um, but I bring that up and because community has been big on my mind and heart for some time. And so to have this space with other black therapists in the area, I do not take that for granted. Um, I don't I don't take it for granted. And the way in which we come together and share resources and challenge each other and try new things together is such a beautiful space. And truthfully, there there are parts of it, I mean I haven't even shared everything that I almost wanna I wanna protect, you know. I want to protect and ensure that everybody has what they need. And I'm very protective over this group. Um, and probably will continue to be um, because I recognize the demands that are placed on us as, as mental health practitioners. Um, and so I want this to be the space where we can just be, be black folks and, um, and and so far that's what's what's going on. So we have another adventure scheduled or in the works for um May. And fingers crossed that I'm able to get that off the ground. Um, but I think that's gonna be another um fun time for us all. These these meetups are truly like a labor of love. Um Sometimes, so if we do it virtually, we usually meet the last Thursday of the month. Um, and there have been some meetings where I'm just like, oh, I don't have it in me to to log in or to do the thing. But almost, I would say every single time when I get off, I feel so like fed. I don't. I don't really know how to fully describe it. Like, um, it did something for me. It did something for my soul. Even if I didn't even say much, even if I'm just watching the interactions of folks, it it really just does something for my soul to be a part of this community. And um, what I really want is for everybody across all industries to have this type of community, to be able to seek it out for yourselves, realize that that might be a gap in your in your wellness in terms of having a community of Black folks in your industry that you can turn to. 
or if you can't find it that you feel comfortable, confident, bold enough to start it yourself. Um, I didn't know how it was going to turn out. I, I definitely leaned on the support of a couple of folks that I knew in the area. And then everybody else was complete strangers. And yet here we are um, at this space two or three years in doing these meetups. I mean, I think I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to predict that we'd be where we are, but I'm so glad we're here. And I look forward to what happens in the future because we've even talked about ways in which we can collab our practices um, and, you know, building retreats for other people to come to or um, being able to have a place where we can um, formally learn from each other. So there are just so many opportunities for this thing to be a force. And I'm enjoying the ride so far. So... Thank you all for welcoming me back <laughs> to podcast. And it does sort of feel like a bike, right? I can't believe I've been talking for over 30 minutes. Um, because truth of the matter is, I didn't know what I was going to talk about when I press record, but I knew that I wanted to say something. And so um, I hope you enjoyed this, uh, this recounting of... Um, the ways in which I've been able to build community so far. And I, I hope the same for you. So I would love for, for you to tell me if that is something that you're doing, something that you're a part of, something that you're interested in. Because um, I love to support you in that venture. So until next time, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, family. We appreciate you listening. We need you to do us a favor. We need you to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Also, join us in following the movement on our website at mindingmyblackbusiness.com. There you can find a Minding My Black Business merchandise, and you can also find our digital academy. Now, our academy is the place where we are looking to expand our resources, particularly emotional wellness resources for black entrepreneurs. And we already have worksheets there. And we have more resources to come. You can follow us on our social media platforms. On Twitter, we are Minding My Black Biz. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Janae Taylor. And on Facebook, it's at Dr. Janae Taylor. So peace and blessings to us all. And when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing, don't forget to tell them, I'm minding my black business.